0: Good morning. Good morning. 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 Amen. Um, uh, Once again, I'm honored to be standing before you. It's good to see some of my friends, extended family members here today. Amen. Um, It's always an honor. Uh, And on behalf of our senior pastor, um, as um, our brother mentioned, Carl, um, he's traveling, but um, we also extend um, on his behalf. The gratitude, I'm sure, that he would express for your presence here. If it's your first time, once again, uh, we invite you to continue um, and visit us again. Amen? Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say thank you for this privilege that you've given us. Search our hearts. Search our minds. You know our needs. Speak to us accordingly, Father. Uh, we ask, Father God, that uh, you anoint my lips, my heart, Father, to say exactly what you would want me to say. I ask, Father, that if you know of any need here, Father, um, that Father needs to be reached, we ask that you do so according to your will. We trust you. We love you. We say, have your way in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Um, As you know, as we all know, we've been um, on a series. I'm going to have, we've had a series um, called uh, The Essence of Ephesians. Um, um, For several weeks, um, Pastor um, Dan and and David Silk um, have come up and um, made an an awesome, an awesome, uh, um, made this series awesome by them, um, allowing us to listen to their hearts with the direction of the Holy Spirit. We know that in week one, um, week one, Pastor Dan actually spoke on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone, um, and we are that building. Uh, week two, um, Dave spoke on uh, walk God's way, how we are supposed to have the mindset of, of Jesus Christ, week three, uh, it's my assignment today um, to speak on being imitators of God, and that's my assignment, and next week, um, we will be followed up with God's full armor. But before we move forward, I just felt in my heart the necessity of um, telling the church that Paul that wrote these letters wasn't the Paul that was from before these letters. In other words, he was a whole different person. When I say that his character was different, it, he was so different that his name was changed. He was known as Saul. Uh, if you look at Acts thirteen nine, we see that Saul, who was also called Paul, um, and as Saul, he was a scary man. He did quite a few things. He martyred. He killed believers. Anyone that followed um, Jesus Christ, um, he would sought out to kill them or imprison them. Um, we see in Acts 22.20 um, that says, and when the blood... I'm probably going to be ahead of myself. I do apologize. And when the blood of of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there sitting, giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Acts seven fifty eight says, and he confesses, I dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Paul needed an encounter. Saul persecuted Christians, persecuted those that stood for anything that Jesus stood for. His desire was to please God by persecuting them. Sometimes we believe that we're doing the right thing, but we need an encounter to transform our way of thinking. One of my favorite verses that I enjoy uh, very much and I pretty much is a reminder of, of my past um, is Second Corinthians 5.17. And I say that over and over because it reminds me. Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. The old passes away. So Paul was feared. Even when it was a, a point in time when he was converted, um, the believers were asked to go Pray over him. And they basically said, um, do you know, Lord, who you're asking me to pray for? This man would probably dip me in hot oil. He would kill me. But nevertheless, God knows all. God knows all. Those that sometimes we look down on because of how they act, how they walk, how they talk. Just their whole demeanor can be scary. It can be something that may push us away from them. But when God has a plan with someone in the midst of their journey, God can transform their lives forevermore. He can turn their hard, rocky hearts. He can transform it into soft, milky He can confirm, he can transform that that hard demeanor that they may have to a person like myself that cry at the drop of a hat because that's what Jesus does when you encounter him. And basically I needed to um, inform you if you didn't already know that um, this man before this letter, he would um, imprison believers. Now he's found as a prisoner of Christ writing letters to the Ephesians, and also to us for the present day. Now he's giving some direction. He's writing, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children. But who has seen God? You know, from the beginning, God would give instructions, would give direction, even gave commandments, even gave some rules on how to bring sacrifices for redemption of sins. But his people went from bad to worse. So he he said, well, once and for all, let's fix this so that humanity can better understand me. I'm going to send my son, Jesus. See, we never seen God. But if we've seen Jesus, we understand god so in first corinthians 11 one, he says be imitators of me just as i also am of christ he's bringing the, the importance of his imitating jesus christ because jesus christ is the father you need to know your daddy you need to know who you fa- your father is. And it's unfortunate that sometimes saying father or my father brings a, 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 a remembrance of some of our fathers. Because some of our fathers weren't perfect. Some of our memories of our fathers may be horrible memories. Just last night, I received a phone call, and I, and I come to understand why uh, one individual um, is the way she is, and it was that her stepfather, since the age of eight, was molesting her. So now you speak to her about her father. And it's unfortunate that um, these things happen, but our daddy from heaven is perfect so if you and I have had bad experiences with our, with our earthly father, just remember that we have a father in heavens that loves us unconditionally, that loves us so much that he sent his son so that we can better understand his qualities, so that we can better understand the essence of being God. Yes, be imitators. Imitators, why imitate? There's amazing cheese and there's imitation cheese. You know the difference between the Jesus. Amen? Amen. But that's why he's telling us to imitate. We could never reach that perfection because the word tells us that if we say we perfect, we make his sacrifice in vain. But one thing we understand, that in spite of what we've done, what we haven't done, what brings us to that culmination of perfection is nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. So that's why he's saying, imitate of me just as I also am of Christ. That's for us to better understand the qualities of our Heavenly Father. But Jesus, in the next verse, John 14 11 says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. They're one. The Heavenly Father sent the Son so that we can have a better relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because our Heavenly Father is perfect. We, want, we brought a division. Our sinful nature brought division between us and the Father so he sent the Son so that he can repair that bridge of communication so that we can better understand what is his expectations of us on this earth. So... Let's be imitators of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is a replica of our heavenly father. Amen? So it's important for us to know our heavenly father. How do we know our heavenly father? What Paul is saying, well, imitate Jesus and you, you will imitate. You'll be an imitator. You'll get the qualities of, of, on how and, 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 and why you should imitate. Amen? It's important. For us to understand that the Father and the Son are one. Ephesians 5 talks about five things, five things that for us to imitate so we can be like Jesus. The five things that we will be discussing or that we're um, going to give verses on to support your programs and the answers. And uh, if this was a test, you would have probably passed it right now because all the answers are up there now. Love, light, wisdom, spirit, and thankfulness. We need to walk in love. Ephesians 5.2 tells us, And walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There's no greater love. That's a quality sacrifice. John 15 13 tells us, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. There's no greater sacrifice. He's not asking us to go up on a cross, but there's sacrificial love. Pastor taught me, and, and I, I, I understand this because he said it, and it stuck to me. There's only one way of, of showing love. It's sacrifice. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. His father loved us so much, John 3:16. That he sent his only begotten son, that so whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's love. He gave up his son. He's not asking us to give up our children. He's not asking us to go up on the cross. What he's asking is to give more than what you can. Love to the extent that it may hurt. Did you get that? Love to the extent that it may hurt. Let it be in time. Let it be in your finances. Let it be in caring for someone. Love. It does not come easy. But if we're to imitate God, that's what he's asking for us to do. I have a great example, and I think most of you know it, but I think I can continue to promote it because we have some of our volunteers here today. Every Saturday. In the United States, I need to set the tone a little bit on this. In the United States, the area where we served is the biggest open drug market in the nation. Now, speaking about sacrifice, and they're here. I always say that we're standing as if a snake in a bush. The volunteers, Ms. Linda, Joanne, and everyone else that you see in there, and all the wonderful members of the church that also give sacrificially. For the cooks that wake up 4.30 in the morning to commence cooking, For the people that we serve. To the men that come out to set up the tables at 7 o'clock in the morning. I believe that this is what Paul is trying to tell us as far as loving It's sacrificial because you never know what's the next step. The enemy has come to lie, to kill, and to destroy. Before us, we've seen knives drawn. In front of us, we've seen needles pulled out. In front of us, we've seen men and women with, um, walking up to the table with blood running down their arms. Now, this, this may sound a little bit um, gory, but the truth is the truth. This may give us another another reason why you should pray for our volunteers because the snake is in the bush. One incident can be noted in the news on the very next day. One situation, one young man came up to me and says, "I I want to go to rehab. Take me to rehab. I just didn't understand that. Most people don't want to go to rehab. That's just the reality of things. The reason that he said, take me to rehab, is that he was standing next to a guy up the street from where we stand, and they shot him in the chest. That fear drove him to get his life, his act together. Sacrificial love. For those that don't know it, we have different kind of codes that we say to alert each other, whether to run, whether to hide whether to duck, we've dispersed. And in a matter of a second, when we've seen incidents where hot soup was thrown in the face and in the eyes of someone else, and someone else was coming to beat someone else up in our face, but nevertheless, it's called sacrificial love. I tell them two things. If you see my feet, don't worry about it, cold; follow me. If you see me running, run right behind me. But nevertheless, many times... A majority of the times when something breaks off, then my name is called. My wife has told me for years, you can ask her, they're going to kill you out here. You need to be careful. But the Bible tells us absent from the body, present with the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We're not asking. Or the word is not telling us to all give in that fashion. But it's telling us to love. A little secret that I learned and I, I think is pretty awesome. Next time you're in the line at Wawa's, it's the best. It's the person behind you. I usually watch for that person that only has a cup of coffee. Food can be expensive. I'm broke. And I'll pay their coffee. I'll say, Hey. Pay for that person behind me, or in the toll, pay for that next person. You never know what they're going through. That's a simple kind of love that can transform somebody's life forevermore. Amen? Okay. No one's falling asleep yet, yeah, all right? Very good. We need to walk in the light. You yourselves used to be in the darkness. But since you have become the Lord's people, you are in the light. So you must live like people who belong to the light. John the Baptist would preach. And he says, I baptize you in water. But the one that's coming next, he will not also baptize you. I'm going ahead of myself. Let's look at um, the verse. It would help if I put my glasses on, right? Some verses here. Acts 22, 5 and 8 says, As the priest and the whole council of the elders bear me witness from them, received the letters to the brothers. And I journeyed towards Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. This is Paul. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus at noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. In, the root, in his journey to continue to persecute the believers, that light that appeared to him, that light that brought him to his knees was no other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When that light introduces itself to darkness, it starts to reveal things that were probably hidden. Things that were in darkness. But it is clearly telling us that we're not the same as yesterday. We we actually just have a new, we might be the, the same person in the same body, but our mindset, the way of us thinking, the way of us looking at things. It's no longer the same because that light shone on us just as Paul did. He no longer was that person that he was for the simple fact that Jesus came into his life. And when that light shines, you and I and anyone else will never be the same. I think it's a a great example of to walk in the light is the life of, of Paul because that light forever transformed his life we need to also walk in wisdom Ephesians 5:15 through 17 tells us so be careful how you live don't live Like ignorant people, but like wise people. Make good use of every opportunity you have. Because these are evil days. Don't be fools then. But try to find out what the Lord wants you to do. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him as God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. Be wise to find out what God has in store for you. What is your journey? What does God has in store for you? Sometimes as Paul, where he was heading to Damascus, little did he know that his life was going to be forever transformed while in his journey. Doing what he thought was right. But God is asking us to walk with wisdom. And that wisdom should be with that one purpose, to find out what is your purpose in life, what God has in store for you in your journey, in my journey. It's easy for us to be lost what, lost in this walk. Many of us want to do more but don't know how to or don't know um, where to begin. But that's where you ask our Heavenly Father, for the wisdom, the wisdom to be able to discern, the wisdom to be able to know what's right from wrong, the wisdom to know what your call is. Because once once you walk in your calling, it brings complete satisfaction. When you're in his purpose, when you're in his will, it brings satisfaction. I cannot tell you over and over how many times new volunteers come, um, to the table, and they say, Wow, this was so fulfilling. It's sacrificial, it's hard, it's difficult, it's cold, it's hot. You can get a little upset with some of our friends that we serve because they're a little agitated because they're in the now mentality. I want it now, I want more now, give it to me now. But nevertheless, When we come to the understanding that that's sacrificial and that God is pleased with us doing his will, which is many times not easy, and at the end of the day, you find satisfaction. Amen? So let's ask for wisdom. But the wisdom that we're asking for is, of course, to see what he wants us to do. We know the story of Solomon. Solomon, God asked him, ask of me. I'll give you whatever you want. Whatever you want. Solomon could have asked for riches. Solomon could have asked for a Mercedes-Benz. Oh, there was no Mercedes Benz at that time, right? Y'all was supposed to laugh, folks. (laughs) There you go. He could ask for a chariot with gold trimming and spoke rims. He could have asked for that. But what he asked for was for wisdom. The wisdom to be able to judge, to make a good call. His first assignment was a child, two children, or one child. There was two women and one turned on the the child and the child died. Nevertheless, they were both saying that's my child. The living one was my child, two children. So God gave him so much wisdom. He said, okay, we're going to find out whose child this is. When they went, he says, let's hold the baby up. Let's cut the baby in half. Somebody's mind changed instantly. When God gives us wisdom, It's wisdom that will transform somebody else's life. And God gave Solomon riches also. We need to walk in the spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, which will only ruin you. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Wine does several things. They call it um, spirits, it brings temporary joy, it brings temporary satisfaction. But it also controls you to the extent that you may, may, you may wake up and ask, what did I do last night? It can control you to the extent that you and I may make fools of ourselves if we are filled with wine. But it says, instead, be filled of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. The fruit of the spirit gives you and I true joy. It gives us true satisfaction. The world may fall around us, and we might even find ourselves in prison. And Paul was imprisoned. He should have been crying and get me out of here. No, what he was doing is asking for the wisdom to write so that he can give the church and, and the Ephesians some direction of what is true and pleasing unto God. Paul found himself in, in, deep in the prison in, in another occasion and deep in the, Christian, in, in the prison it states that he was praying and singing songs. That's what the spirit does. It gives us joy even in the midst of difficult moments. It allows us to, to praise him in spite of what we're going through. I heard of a story of a pastor, which I knew, but his pastor was next to him in his dying bed. This minister, his last wishes was for his pastor to read some scriptures to him. I don't know if you've ever seen unbelievers closing their eyes forever until that day of judgment, but they struggle dying. If you don't have that peace, you don't want to go. You don't understand what's on the other side. But in his case, he said, read some particular verses, Psalms in the scriptures. And the story that is uh, told to to me or to us is that he knew when that moment was coming, he looked over to his pastor and said, tell the church I'll see them on the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's knowing your daddy. In one occasion, um, my wife's sister-in-law's daughter, about 25 years old, She was in her deathbed. And we're not speaking about death. We're talking about life here, folks. She says, Mom, you remember as a kid, you would tell me, you would put me on the steps and say, jump. And she said, you know, you ever see, do that with the kids? You jump, jump. The mother didn't understand what she was saying with this. But she listened to her. She says, yeah, you. Mom used to say, jump, jump. She says, you know why I jumped, mom? The reason I jumped was because I knew I was falling in safe hands. She says, I'm about to take a leap into my father's arms. That's who you know. You got to know your daddy. You got to be willing. You got to know your daddy. Daddy. Walk in the Spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you can go back and read these verses. Verily, verily, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of Spirit. The Spirit is The stamp on the envelope. If you don't have a stamp on that envelope, where is it going to be delivered to? It's coming back home, isn't it? But when you have a stamp on it, it reaches its destination. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, put that stamp on it. So that you can reach your destination. But more importantly, this is I mean, I can't say more than importantly, that's uh, figuratively speaking. I, I love this verse, Jesus, Luke 4:18. The spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus speaking, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for those blind to set the oppressed. That was Jesus. But if we're to imitate him, that spirit gives us the authority, the unction, so that we can help others be delivered from such situations. We can set them free in the name of Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit. As you notice, I am not a multitasker, but God is good, isn't he? All right, it's all right. We need to walk with thankfulness. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Always give thanks for everything to God the Father. Jesus, and I'm closing, found himself before the tomb of Lazarus. As you and I know, Lazarus was dead for four days. And Martha wanted to see his brother, her brother again. The story goes, but nevertheless, before calling Lazarus out of the tomb, the first thing that he did, he rose his head and said, Father, I thank you, for I know. That you've heard me. Thank him. For his spirit. Thank him for the wisdom. Thank him for the light. Thank him for the love. Thank him for his spirit. Because if you have. The direction of our Lord Jesus Christ. And learning from his life. Those five points. You will bring honor to the heavenly father because when my son does something right and someone comes to me and say that's your son you should know what he done all i can do is rejoice how much more our heavenly father heavenly father we come before you we say thank you